following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down, handoff, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he brings it into the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, Rob Phillips, and Bill Jones. Well, we've got three-fourths of that foursome here, but we do have an LSU Tiger presence here on Talk Cowboys on the Tuesday after David Hellman filling in for Brian Broaddus. Hello, David. How are you? What's up, guys? Happy to bring down the uh, average age of the show a little bit today. (laughs) What's going on? That's significant. That's a knock at Brian, not you No, not definitely not. not Us two. Definitely not. That's right. That's right. Because we're we're raising that average, big time. Yep. Well, uh, I'm not, I'm right in the median. You know, I'm right in the center. I'm that's that's good. That's there you good. go. All right. The Texas Aggie Rob Phillips. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? For doing very well. And the troubled Missouri Tiger Mickey Spagnola. Do I need to get the confetti off your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I did wear. I decided I saw you had to, your hat on. Yeah. My CBS Super Bowl hat. I don't know when the next time CBS has the game, but. I had to go to the Super Bowl because it was on CBS, and I worked for the CBS affiliate. Was that required issue when you walked around all week? No, 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 no. No, no, I'm choosing. Normally, I don't wear CBS gear, whatever, but I kind of like the looks of this hat. Usually, you got the Pebble Beach hat going when you're in That's a good hat. Yeah. 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 It's a good look. So, how was your week? It was very busy, very busy, and uh, I'm just, just... so glad to get back home yesterday, and I had to fight that Super Bowl airport. Oh my gosh! Uh, I saw yesterday. the lines. Oh, I sat in the line. I stood in the lines for over an hour at the airport. We had a nine thirty flight, and I we got there at six thirty, and I stood in line for over an hour. But which I will share on the show. Also on my flight was Demarcus Ware and Emmett Smith. So we conducted a uh, post-game Super Bowl, a, an impromptu Super Bowl post-game show at Baggage Claim. There we and, go. And some interesting things to say, which I'll pass along. Where would y'all like to start? There's been a lot going on. Woo. I'll defer to the you know regulars. The veterans. On, yeah, just regulars <laughs> on the show. You know, I don't want to. I don't know. We talked about it all last week. You weren't here. You didn't talk about the game. <laughs> no, we, we did not. <laughs> Talked a lot of Kellen Moore, I think. Yep. That yep. was probably the dominant factor. Mickey's got all these papers. You have to have something you want to talk about today. And no, there, yeah. we got a lot. There We're going to talk about that Super Bowl. We can talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. We, Of course, the news was made official, was it Friday, about uh, Kellen Moore becoming the offensive coordinator. And, and then we had the tragic news of Wade Wilson passing away yes. on Friday uh, also. Um, how about Super Bowl and um, your takeaway and maybe what the Cowboys can learn from that game. Offensively or defensively? Okay, Mickey has always said offense wins championships. Here we go. You flipping on us now? What's that? Offense wins championships. Well, the only team that scored a touchdown won. (laughs) You You can always spin it back. (laughs) That's all I know. Now, wait a second, though. Since the season ended here, you've been saying, really, if you want to flip it around, what needed to change was a better defensive effort. Yeah. In one game, the biggest game of the year. That doesn't make sense. But you know what? But overall, what got them to the game? Their defense. Yeah. But what faltered in the biggest game of the season? Both. Both. Defense. They scored 22 points. They had 15 with two minutes left. Do the 60 60 minutes don't count? 22 points isn't good. Yeah, 13 isn't either. They outscored the Patriots. Total outlier. Complete outlier. Lowest All I know scoring is game in scored, 53 years. They That's, scored nine right. more points than the Patriots did I'm, against that defense. The lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. glad you brought this. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, That's yeah, a stat. No, it's, it's from the Rams game. It's from oh, the, the Rams, Rams game. game. Where's, where's the... Um, you're not supposed to do this. Oh, there we go. Okay. One of 10 on third down. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I had it right. One of 10 on third down. Who's that? The Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys against points. the Rams. Uh, no. no. 22 points. No. Uh, 22 points what is was not the final score? good. What was the score? 30 to 22. And what was yeah. the score of the Super Bowl? 13 to 3. What was the score last year's Super Bowl? What was the Bowl? score of last year's Super Bowl? I, that, and the Super Bowl before that. I'm talking the about they didn't that. play the Rams last year or the year before that or the year before that. 
So how did the Cowboys score 22 points with their measly offense? And the brilliant Tom Brady had 13. It's a great question. It's it, it was a weird postseason, to be perfectly honest with you. And how many points did the Saints score against the brilliant Rams? 23. Yeah, one more than the Cowboys, and they had overtime. That would have beaten but, them. But we all know that scoring drops in the postseason, that's not new. That's not my point. What you still have to have is to be able not to sustain drives and make keep plays going. Keep the drives teams that won didn't score a lot of points. The Patriots needed 38 to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That, that's a lot of points. Right, but against the team the Cowboys got beat by, how many did they score? 13. Okay. I'll In rest the, my case. The lowest scoring Super Bowl. I don't care what it was. Of all time. Here's my takeaway. Literally out of 53. You give Bill, Bill Belichick two weeks to prepare for somebody and, and put a defense together that can totally confuse a young quarterback. I'm very curious. And, and you're right. I mean, Bill Belichick, I, for my money, y'all have seen a lot more coaches than I have, but I, he's, I think he's the best coach in football history. I think you could easily make an argument he's the best coach in the history of organized sport. Uh, with the way that the NFL stacks things up against, you know, it's built for parity. It's right built for parity, you know, in an 18 year run or whatever it is. John John Wooden and Mike Shashevsky have some advantages on their side that that Bill Belichick does not. Uh, regardless, he's an amazing coach. But I'm curious about Brian Flores and his role in that. Does and, he get to bring Belichick with him? No, I don't think so. Which <laughs> no, Patricia and, didn't. And Patri- well, no, and Patriots. Patriots assistants have not been good once they've left the nest, but I'm sure he had a role in that game plan. No doubt. And I want to see how he carries that over to the Miami Dolphins. And that's why I think, you know, we always he give, gets to play him twice. We give oh, Belichick so point. much credit because there's been such a revolving door of coaches yeah. under him there. And but it's always been consistent. Right. The only things that have stayed the same are him, Brady, and Robert Kraft mm-hmm. not getting in the way, I guess. Has it have any of his assistant coaches been successful moving on? I don't think Bill O'Brien's been bad. I mean the Texans keep getting to the playoffs, but other than that, not very many. They're like the rest of the coaches of the league. I mean, McDaniels, <laughs> yeah. McDaniels left, and he got, after the Tebow experiment, he, got, he couldn't back. come back <laughs> fast enough. <laughs> Romeo Cornell. Yeah. It's, it's not a long list. It's I mean, Bill O'Brien's been pretty good, but not great. I don't, you know, I'm sure Texans fans probably. And I'm not looking at his coaching him. tree right now. Of course, Jason Garrett is on that coaching tree somehow. He is? I saw a report, and they were looking at the Bill Belichick coaching tree. You know why Jason Garrett is on the Bill Belichick coaching tree? That's how because, ridiculous the coaching tree is. Because Nick Saban is on it? Because yeah. Nick yeah. Saban is on it, and I don't think for no. Saban. That's, a lot, like, of, that's a lot of like branches, man. six degrees of Bill Belichick yeah. gets you on the coaching I think, tree. I think they just Garrett's, want to make the tree just way out here. I think Garrett's more on the Saban tree. Exactly. Than the and he's, tree. And he's Maybe barely on that. Maybe we he's need there, to two years with him. research the Tom Brady tree. Meaning what, what quarterbacks mean? that have played underneath them, or or just <laughs> who was successful after they left Tom Brady? I was thinking uh, about this, like, or who was the, successful before Tom Brady in in eight years or whenever Tom is up for Hall of Fame first ballot? Like, who's getting in with him? To to Dave's point, they've been doing this for almost twenty years. How many real Hall of Famers do they have from this dynasty? This long dynasty. I who, mean, who from the Patriots? How that they've won another title, maybe a lot more. I mean, I I think I think I, Gronk's going to get in one day. Maybe Gronk and Edelman for sure get in. Edelman's getting a lot of. Quickly I, point out how difficult it is for tight ends to get in. Yeah, but yeah, but he's got the he's got the rings. Gronk. Well, he's got the ring. He's got the stats. He like yeah. In half the time, he blows Jason Witten's and, touchdown numbers out of the water. Honestly, somebody else has to get in besides Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And it's got Edelman's got a case now with yeah. his post postseason numbers. Jerry Rice, he's that's a lot of buzz right now. I, we'll is see. Robert is Robert Ory in the NBA Hall of Fame? Uh he might be because it's basketball. He's not it's everything but he isn't. Uh, okay. I, sorry, I looked this up. But did? does I, Wes Welker get in? That's another one, you know? Welker's got a better case than Edelman. But like I'm trying to think like the, some of the top guys they've had in the past, Brewski McGinnis, are they? McGin- not, are they in? Can I? I like 
I was – y'all can scoff at me. I don't know. I was surprised when I learned that Ty Law made the Hall of Fame. I knew he was a well, good player. Oh, he got in the other day, yeah. 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 I looked it up. I mean, he's he was an all-decade player, made a lot of Pro Bowls. I knew he was a Not, good player. I didn't realize he was a Hall of Fame player. Accolades, there was a lot of criticism about that pick. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, I mean, the accolades aren't a lot of different from a Darren Woodson or somebody like that who's got Which, three Super Bowl rings as well. Uh, but my point is, to your point, it's not chock full of Hall of Famers the last no. 15 years. It's a Think. system and a great yeah, quarterback and a great coach. Tom Brady. That's Well, Belichick will be there one day, too. Sure. That's worth mentioning. Um, and then, you know, it depends on what's what's your definition of a Patriot. You know, like is, you know, Randy some Moss. people. Yeah, is Randy Moss a Patriot? Uh, you know. No, that's That gets back. I had a, tweeted this out. Okay, from a Cowboys perspective, we look at former Cowboys in the Hall of Fame. Right. And how come Mike Ditka is not on the list? That's so. That's and fair. how come how come even Herb Adderley is not on the list? When you look, now I understand Herb Adderley only played two years, but he had perhaps his second best season in his NFL career when he played on a Super Bowl champion team with the Cowboys and had seven interceptions that year. Pete, and yet we never list Herb Adderley because we think of Herb Adderley as being a Packer, People, and he was. Yeah, and but even with well, Ditka. You're looking at Ditka. He played. I didn't realize this until I looked it up. I couldn't remember. He played four years with the Cowboys. Yeah. Caught a touchdown pass in a Super Bowl, and of course, then he was nine years an assistant coach for the Cowboys. But I only think of him as being a Chicago Bear or an Eagle. People, not a Saint, not a New Orleans Saint. <laughs> People but, were asking me that all weekend. But if Dion is considered right. a Cowboy, and, and Dion's out Which, on the list, and to that, he only played five years. To that point, though, I yeah. mean, there are a lot of Cowboys fans that take issue with Dion yeah. and Charles Haley being considered Cowboys. I think, I think Haley definitely belongs because he was a key reason that the Cowboys and, were. And To's not three considered time champion. Although this is not like baseball, you don't go in with right. a hat or a helmet. Right. You know, yeah, right. the Cowboys claim yeah. their numbers. That's they don't claim Adderley. People were asking me all right. weekend because I wrote the story about Gil Brandt going in. I wrote it over the weekend, and I and it's seventeen. Seventeen. Is the list. That's is the people were asking me like, well. What are you talking about? What about this guy? What about that guy? That is the number that the Dallas Cowboys exactly. claim. Which, right. I mean, ultimately, it's up to the discretion of, I would assume, Jerry Jones. And so it's his idea of what what a cowboy is, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if it's been taken to his desk or not. I, but, uh, I don't know. Because it's not... What does the numerology wall say? Well, it says 16 right now. You got to know. I mean, 17 makes it's outdated. They have an order to seven, I'm yeah. guessing. But it'll be there soon. But, um, no, I talk about that all the time. I, I grew up a New Orleans Saints fan, mm -hmm. and they do not have the proud tradition of the Dallas Cowboys. So if you're a Saints fan, you're claiming whatever Hall of Famer you can. Now, Whereas the Cowboys have a little more discretion because of this legendary history. So well, and then they have the ability to be more discerning. And there are some others who should not be considered former Cowboys in the Hall of Fame. Like Forrest Gregg was only here for one season. Lance Allworth was only here for one season. And I can understand. But the ones that, what about the tight that end contributed, now Jackie Smith is another yeah. one uh, that just for one season. And, of course, had the horrendous drop in the end zone in a Super Bowl. but uh, <laughs> Sickest man in America. Yeah. But, um, but I think the ones who contributed significantly on a Super Bowl champion team should be considered former Cowboys in the Hall of Fame. I can understand why maybe you don't claim them because uh, there has been a narrative, which I think has been a good narrative from that decade of the 60s and the 70s, that they've overlooked a number of Cowboys players who deserve to be there. And if you're if you're going to count Ditka and you're going to count you know part-time Cowboys, then that gets the number up and it it hurts your case. And then you can't complain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, that was just... It is interesting. I think yeah. for the most part, they've done a good job of identifying right. the guys that kind of, you know... That belong as, yeah. as former Cowboys. To bring it back to let's the bring, Pats... Let's bring it. I mean... Sure, I if, love if, talking if, about if, it. Wanna, let's if, talk Rex Burkhead the next That's my guy. That's my Plano <laughs> Wildcat guy. If you, if you want to try to take lessons or things from the Patriots and try to apply it, to your team, good luck. I mean, to me, they're in a different they're in a different category based on what they've done for twenty years with a different cast of characters every every single year, just about or at least every decade. Um, but the Cowboys do have a young defense you can be excited about. Obviously, that's important. Um, 
if you want to take one thing for me, it's the way they protected Tom Brady in that playoff run. I think he got sacked one time in three games, and it was once by the Rams, and and they pressured him. But overall, I think he had time in the pocket for a guy who's 41 and not that mobile. That's Mickey's point. They need to protect Dak Prescott better. But offensively, the pieces are different. You know, They rely on an elite tight end, uh, a running back by committee. The Cowboys are the inverse of that. So I, I don't I – don't, it's hard to look at the Pats and say, well, it would just be more like them. I'll, Nobody's like them. Well, but, uh, but I think that the Pats, in putting their team together, have beaten the system a little bit, and they've had to make hard decisions on players where a player gets to a point in their career where he's about to be highly paid, like a Brandon Cooks, and they dish him off. And I, but on the flip side of that is they make a decision a couple of years ago to acquire Stephon Gilmore and pay top dollar for a cornerback, and they let Malcolm Butler go. Well, they had Malcolm Butler in-house. They knew what Malcolm Butler was all about, and they decided we still need to spend that kind of money on a cornerback, but instead of spending it on the guy we know about who maybe missed a meeting or two, we're going to go ahead and get this guy who we studied in the draft and we know is a Patriot-type player, a guy you can depend on, a professional who comes to work every day and – and you, yeah. could, you could really make the case he was your MVP the other night, too. Right. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Defensive player Dante Hightower had a terrific game, too. Had a couple of sacks in the game. And, you know, Dante Hightower is a key core player for that team, and they made the decision to keep that player because they knew what he's all about. And he, he's, he's a high-character guy you can depend on um, and playing a key position for him. But the flexibility of their defense to be able to go from one week to the other, from yep. a 4-3 to a 3-4 is basically a hybrid defense. It, go, it goes back to acquiring players who can fit that system. And I think one of the key factors is smart enough to be able to – take coaching from week to week and say, okay, this week we're not playing like we did last week. That right there. And it's so much easier said than done. But if there's a lesson to take, it's that, which is the ability to be and do something different depending on your opponent, which is exactly. not, it's not something we you, see from it, this team very often. Well, And you can't do it with every player. And, you can't. You, you know, but, you have to. And that's why Belichick is so intensive in his research coming up to the draft. He's not going to draft those players, but he might get that player two years from now if the Lions are stupid enough to release Kyle, Kyle Van Noy. Okay. Yep. Or four years from now when that guy becomes a free agent. And, or six years from now like he did with a Burkhead, whatever, who just fills a role on the team, you know, and he knows that he can depend on this guy. And have the sense to re-sign him, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, and, and understand how important it is to run the football. Right. That must rush for 500 yards in three games. They had 154 in that game. With a so, lot of different guys, not yeah. just one guy. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't see anything fancy. Well, and they cover themselves for injury, too, uh, by yep. having the running back by committee. I just – well, I think, but again, you know, these are these are new developments, you know. I mean, and obviously, like, this is – it's been 20 years, so things are going to change. But this team right. has gone through so many – Per mutations, you know, like they, they couldn't run the ball like this, right? When, you know, when they were when they were seventeen and zero, they didn't run the ball like this. Um, they've adapted so well, and they it, adapt so well from week to week. You know, I re- I don't follow the Patriots closely. Mm-hmm. I don't have time because of our jobs here. Right. But you know, I read in the aftermath of the game, this was a team that ran man to man defense eighty percent of the time during the season, and then in the biggest game of the year. They backed off and played zone because they didn't think Jared Goff would be able to handle it. And they said, we're going to put you know you six up front and trust you to handle the run, and we're just going to clog the lanes with zone coverage, and we don't think Goff can deal with it. And he couldn't. And that's amazing uh, to have the confidence and the wherewithal to, to make a switch like that on the biggest stage. Which it um, brings me to my impromptu Super Bowl postgame show and baggage claim yesterday with DeMarcus Ware. And uh, he was in his hotel room watching the game. And in Atlanta, and uh, and that's what a lot of players do. They have, they have yeah. to go there for. Well, where are they going to be if they're yeah. not in a suite? Yeah. They're yeah. not sitting yeah. in the. Stands. I saw Dak at the game, and Emmett was at the game. But but anyway, um, 
he said he he felt bad for Wade Phillips, of course. Sure, you know how great. I mean, he had a he, great plan. I know yeah. too. Mickey I mean, thinks thirteen points is great, but like you hold somebody to thirteen points in a right. Super Bowl, you should be able to win the game. Right, that sucks. But he also marveled at what uh, the Patriots did on defense, and as he in my short little talk with him, you know, using three defensive linemen and then a fast linebacker to rush on occasion, whatever, and running zone like what you're talking about. And Jared Goff just looked totally uh, yeah. confused and rattled uh, from the get-go in that game. Oh, they got pressure on him. Right. And you got you know, that Rams offensive line was supposed to be really good. They have been all year. Yeah, all year. Yeah. And, and they, then they got pressure on him. And they didn't use Gurley until really the second half, which I don't. I don't understand. Maybe no. they say he wasn't on the injury report. They say um, he's healthy, and I just I can't buy something, it. Something's up there. You he, mentioned he's not healthy. Well, he he can't. He wasn't listed. Okay, 11, which so brings we, you led touches. me right into Emmett Smith. <laughs> and so what, Emmett, oh yeah, what did the goat have to say? <laughs> um, he said he couldn't understand why they ran the ball, why they why they didn't run the ball more, and didn't he doesn't understand this splitting reps with C.J. Anderson and Gurley. Now maybe there's something going on with Gurley. We don't know. It worked in the but, divisional round. It, well, but as very, I as I brought well. up. <laughs> What was funny was, I, you know, DeMarcus being so young, he was wondering why Emmett was even at the Super Bowl. Hey. <laughs> Super Bowl, had, Emmett had to Yikes. inform me, well, you know, I won the MVP at the Super Bowl 25 years ago this year. <laughs> it's that, I jumped in. It's, you know, and you know how you can't take your helmet off after you score a touchdown in the league? That was kind of from that Super Bowl. And Emmett, Emmett said that at halftime of that game um, – uh, Norv to- told him, we're going to give you the ball, we're going to give you the ball, we're going to give you the ball, and, which they did in the second half because they were obviously they were down at halftime of that game. Michael Irvin talking to him during the week, he was hilarious talking about uh, Eric Williams. Uh, come, well, I asked him what his big memory was from the Super Bowl in Atlanta, and he said, I remember Biggie coming in the locker room at halftime saying, hey, well, an expletive. <laughs> and then, Michael, did we party too much this week? <laughs> oh well, I can answer that question. Yes. 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 Absolutely. But I so I brought up with Emmett. I said, okay, can you imagine? In, in, and I had to look it up. I couldn't remember the year. You know, they, the Cowboys in 94 brought in Blair Thomas in December because uh, Emmett was dealing with a shoulder issue, whatever. And so they needed a veteran backup. So it was the equivalent of bringing in CJ Anderson this year. Can you imagine if they had brought in Blair Thomas and they were going to split reps, you and Blair Thomas on no, your, I can't. Now they didn't make it to the Super Bowl that year, but any year, if they had done that, and he just shook his head going, there is no way I'm not getting every carry possible. The whole thing, you know, really, it's bizarre. I read bizarre. this morning, too, like they didn't, the Rams didn't use a, they didn't target a non-receiver in the passing game in the first half. And you're talking, I mean, we've spent the last two years just praising the Rams for the creative ways they use. And Todd Gurley, Gurley. It's, yeah. it's a huge part of what Gurley does is yeah. catching the ball out of the backfield. I'll never I'll never forget his his catch and run against the Cowboys in the game last year mm-hmm. where he just split the safeties going down the seam and went 50 yards for a touchdown that completely changed the game. Like he C.J. Anderson and, can't do that. No, not very. I mean, he not can't carry. C.J. Anderson is like an Alfred Morris as far as catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. he doesn't do that. That's not his game. See, I, just, I, th- I thought, I thought, I thought McVeigh answered the question right before kickoff about Gurley being ready to go, and it was kind of weird to how he said it because he said, "Yeah, uh, he, he's good to go. He's looking good." Well, was he looking bad previously? Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't need to say he was looking good. So something was up after that Cowboys game. I think those pregame interviews, they're just trying to get them over with. No, but the way he answered <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. he could have just said, oh, yeah, fine. He, you know, we're well, going yeah. to use him. Yeah. He, he's ready to take whatever we give him. Well, it why is. is he saying he's ready? Was he not ready before? Yeah. Well, they didn't use him that much against the Saints either. Nope. No. I mean, they didn't use him that much against – I mean, no, he had a good day against the Cowboys. He had 114 yards, I think. On, like, what, 11? 11 right. Well, right. <laughs> wore him out. 35 yeah. on one carry. Yeesh. <laughs> Not good. Not a good day. All right, uh, break time. We got off-season breaks here on yes. Talking Cowboys. Yeah. All right. And, uh, if you decide so. 
No, no. no. Ask Kent. Is, it, is Kent there? Hello, Kent. I haven't seen Kent. Hey, I'm here. There's Kent. He's ready to take your phone calls. Coming up next here on Talking Cowboys. Essilor has been helping Cowboys fans see better since 1972 so they don't miss a moment on the field. Get glasses with Essilor's best vision, clarity, and protection with the Essilor Ultimate Lens Package. Three innovative technologies in one lens. For a limited time, you can double your lenses for free when you purchase the Essilor Ultimate Lens Package and get a second pair of frames. Find a participating eye care professional and details by visiting EssilorUSA.com. That's EssilorUSA.com. Terms and conditions apply. You want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa. Open Dallas Cowboys. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... ...thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Dr. Pepper is the one you crave. But how do you explain that craving? Imagine being shipwrecked on a desert island, alone. Glass-like curls of surf pound the shore with Dr. Pepper-colored waves. Surrounded by desire, but you can't drink it because it's the ocean. Fish live in there. The only thing you want is Dr. Pepper, and you can't have it. Now that is a Dr. Pepper craving. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. Back to Talking Cowboys. Tommy John time. It's the off season, and you know what that means. It's time to make some trades. It's time you trade in your old, worn-out tidy whities for the latest and greatest in men's underwear. That's Tommy John. Trust us, all Tommy John underwear features a contour pouch for mind-blowing comfort. Plus, shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys and get 20% off your first order. Fight night is fast approaching. IBF welterweight champion Errol Spence Jr. set to defend his title against four-division world champion current WBC lightweight champion Mikey Garcia March 16th at AT&T Stadium. You won't want to miss this highly anticipated blockbuster showdown. Tickets on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticket provider of AT&T Stadium. I went Saturday night. Did you? Here. Yes, at yeah. the star? How star. was that? It was pretty good. Get blood on you? The undercards were much better than the... Overcard? Yeah, the main about. Mm-hmm. The one guy, Alvarez, yeah. who had beaten Kovalev the first time around, knocked him out in the seventh round the first time uh, after he was behind on all three cards. He didn't want to fight. He was just trying to hit land one punch to win. He didn't, he didn't want to do the work. Hmm. What was that scene like? Um, you know, they did a, they did a neat deal because I think they understood without a local, uh, presence boxer, uh, that there weren't going to be as many people. So they moved the ring close to the stands, uh, the fire, what direction? East stands, east side. Mm -hmm. And then they closed it off with, uh, black curtains. And then there was like, I think they said 4,700, um, it was pretty neat. I mean, what would it be like to have a boxing card that was uh, had to be probably summertime out in the Tostitos Championship? Well, they Plaza. they tried that the first time. Okay, but they couldn't sell beer out there. Oh, what mm. kind of boxing match can you go to without beer? Oh, that That's a deal breaker. That huh? would not be good. But they did oh. try it once. Yeah. Oh, okay. So anyway, yeah, the the undercards were good. 
Um, one other Super Bowl note, I mentioned Rex Burkhead. That was my favorite moment is because I've been on the Rex Burkhead. Uh, yeah, you have. Wanted the Cowboys to draft years. him, wanted to sign him as That's a free right. agent. Well, I'll take you further back. And, and Rob Phillips has a – He's he he came in here saying his guy won the Super Bowl and it's, he's my guy. So why is he your guy? Oh, uh, we're both Plano basketball alums. We played for the same coach. He won the state title. I think as in, as you know, a six, freshman. As a freshman, he, he played on varsity as a freshman. Could dunk. Yeah, good not, player, great athlete, really great kid. Not and, Plano East, not Plano West, but Plano, Plano Senior, Plano Best, Plano. the Plano. I had yeah. to correct. Our buddy Pat Doney on Twitter. He said Plano High School. It's Plano yeah, Senior. Plano High Senior High. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no. I hear they. Uh, I hear they play no games up there. <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I hate myself. You know what? Uh, I'll pat myself on the back here. You should. Ten years ago, they had the Built Ford Tough Texas High School Football uh, Banquet, which honors all of the. Uh, Built Ford Tough Texas High School Players of the Week, and they had named the Players of the Year. And Rex Burkhead won it, and I was emceeing that. That was in the bubble, actually, at the at Valley Ranch uh, back, it would have been 2009, whatever. And It had to be before May. Two right, it was. It was February 2009. And uh, Rex was a senior at Plano Senior High. And when I introduced him, I brought him up to the stage, and I said, this guy reminds me of Wes Welker. <laughs> He is going to be a New England Patriot someday. <laughs> and here he is. You were right. Ten years later, winning the Super Bowl. You know, he was taller than I thought he was. He's you know, he's bigger than Wes Welker. You yeah. Know, obviously being I mean, he's not like back, a slot you know. receiver. But he runs routes like a slot receiver. Yeah. And that's one of the things I loved about him. When you had him standing there with his parents. Yeah. His wife. Was that his wife? Yeah. Girlfriend. His, wife. Yep. And he kind of towered over. And his dad's not small. Yeah. Uh, I was his dad, and, and his dad... Uh, He's worked security at AT and T yeah. Stadium, and and seen him out here at the Star. You know, Rick Burkhead, great guy. He, great he's family. the one that gave the lecture here on security. Yeah, there you go. All right, Bill. I mean, if you're the captain of the bandwagon, yep. Which, I, you got some competition because I know a lot of people in North Texas who love that guy. Is yeah. is he a free? No, he's not a free agent. I he was a free that. agent this past off season. Right. He's he got, re-upped with New England. Right. right. Yeah. I think yeah. he signed three year deal. Did his he? his yeah. skill set would fit nicely. Know, with what he, the Cowboys are looking for behind Zeke. As a matter of fact, when I talked to his dad about him, he had just resigned. I think before he right. came out here, and he said, you know, he said he he decided that they knew him. He was comfortable there. And there was no sense going and chasing money that this was a good situation for him. To and that to is an, yet another thing that works in the Patriots' advantage. That's what Julian Edelman did the same thing years ago. When, in 2014, when he re-upped for the first time, he was like, why am I going to leave this amazing quarterback who's going to get me the ball? Like, yeah, I'll take a discount. Yeah, it's fine. And, you know, and he's not a lead back. He's not, but he's a core special teams guy. He does everything for you and is a, you know, in a package, you know, or in a role like the Patriots have him. He works perfect in their, in their system and would work as a second back to, or a third back to Zeke here in Dallas. He would he'd be great. Uh, I told Jason Garrett, uh, leading into that offseason when he came out the draft, I said, I got one name for you, Rex Burkhead. <laughs> and uh, he, he remembers that. I asked him later about it, whatever. And, um, of course, that year he went in the sixth round to Cincinnati. He's a sixth-round pick? Yep. Sixth, I thought he was like a third-round pick. No. Wow. I, I had him as his third round. Yeah. Um, so there you the, go with that green binder, man. <laughs> did, did Bill Belichick uh, mention you after that? Yeah, did you get <laughs> the right, shout-out right, from like Bill? For Goslin. <laughs> uh, and the Cowboys that year in the fifth round selected Joseph Randall. Mm. Oh, man, a great a great name from Cowboys past. Mm. All right. Oh, by the way, speaking of the big green notebook, it was great on the NFL Honors uh, Week. I was on Saturday on the red carpet. Saw Daniil Hunter, Juju Smith-Schuster, Grady Jarrett walking the red carpet. They're all products of the big the green, big oh, green oh, there it is. <laughs> notebook. Ernesto in Virginia Beach. You're on Talking Cowboys. Hello, Ernesto. Hey, everybody. Happy uh, Tuesday to you. Dave, uh, good to have you on the show. Big fan of the break, draft show, ask the boys, all that. So Thanks, man. Welcome. Appreciate it. No problem. Um, so a couple of things. Uh, am I foolishly optimistic to think that this team is poised for uh, a run here? Uh, I feel like they're getting a lot of their – or they're going to get a lot of their core guys back. There's absolutely no way 
see Law is going to walk. I also feel like they're going to hold on to either Joe Thomas or Mark Schlittlerd or both. Um, I can totally see Sean Lee coming back on a discounted contract. Um, and I feel that keeping the core of the team together is going to do nothing but uh, continue to build chemistry with that continuity going into next year. Uh, something that was kind of lacking, but it clicked halfway through. Uh, and then the second thing, um, I like Cole Beasley. He's got a good skill set, and he's a good uh, receiver for Dak. But correct me if I'm wrong, didn't I put up good numbers in Jacksonville out of the slot? I don't want to take Gallup or Cooper away from the field at all with Dak. Put Hearns in the slot. Let him put up the numbers that he did in Jacksonville. I, I feel like Blake or uh, Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Blake Bortles. Yeah. All right, right Ernesto. Thanks for the call. I think uh, well, you're, for starters, you're right. Alan Hearns did do a lot of his work in Jacksonville from the slot. He is a guy that can do that. One, I don't know if he's the ideal skill set for what Dak Prescott's looking for. What Part of what makes Beasley so valuable is his ability to separate with his quickness, get open quickly. Alan Hearns doesn't have that type of quickness. Also, obviously, the guy's coming back from a – devastating injury you know i know they're optimistic he'll be ready by like august or so but you know i wouldn't bank on that uh i certainly whether it's cole beasley whether it's somebody else i think that's a a position you need to address but to the larger point so uh, all right again i haven't been here as long as any of y'all but this is this will be my this will be my seventh season coming up like i just finished my sixth and this is as few question marks as this team has had. This is as good a reason as I've seen to be optimistic about this team heading into a year. Like your losses, you know, coming off 16, you lose your whole secondary. Coming off 14, you lose some key pieces of your offensive line as well as your all-pro running back. You're not dealing with anything like that this year. Um, So I think there is a lot of reason for optimism. However, this team has showed a consistent lack of ability to build on playoff seasons. So I got to see it to believe it, but there is a lot of reason for optimism, I think. Well, yeah. But why did they not consistently build on a playoff season? I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I have one big one in 2015. Well, which one? Oh, well, Romo. Yeah, I get that. And they didn't have a good backup. Yeah. And then what happened in 2017? Zeke? Yeah. What happened? In but they had winning record in 2017, 2016, 2015 was just a wasted season. I think, and I think whoever decided that Matt Castle should be the starting quarterback should hold responsible for that season. Yeah, I, I don't think they were going to make the playoffs with Brandon Whedon either. But um, I don't think it would have been four and maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, 2010 wasn't so great. wasn't great at all. How coach, come? Coach got fired the next year. Because they didn't play well, because they couldn't run the ball, and and that that's they got what, old. Well, fine, but the that, offensive line got old. That How about two thousand eight, but that was twenty ten. Was Romo missed three games and they missed the playoffs by one because Brad Johnson was a terrible backup quarterback. Twenty ten was similar to what the caller was just saying, though. It's like oh, you bring everybody back, and and you should you can't count on that. Now, you can't no, you absolutely now, can't. I, well they didn't now, they didn't add anything. Well, that's and that's. But that's what he's saying. Is How confident are we back. that they're going to add anything this year? What are they going to add? They don't have a first-round pick. They already They've, used they're, it. They're not going to be major players in free agency, we assume. Even though they have cap space, they're going to devote it to re-signing a lot of their own guys. Either. they got enough cap space to do what they want to do, if they want to do it. If they want to do they it. they got enough they money ever... to re-sign Beasley, don't you think? I'm saying I think they probably do whether or not they should is another conversation well that's the conversation they've got to have because yeah. how much do you want to pay a 30 year old slot receiver not a lot and will somebody else pay him more i think the difference though to your point about 2010 is that this is a very young defense and you think that a lot of these young guys can get better take another step from last year and and look if travis frederick can get back and play center for you that's a huge "quote unquote" off-season addition that you didn't have this entire season to help your offensive line on the on the other side of the ball. Do you guys think I'm crazy? And again, I haven't been here as any as long as any of y'all, but I I also I think there is an element. This is the Dallas Cowboys. This is the biggest franchise in sports. This is 
a team that famously hasn't been to the NFC title game since 19, you know, January of 96. When this team tastes success, I think it, it kind of gets in their way a little bit. Every season that I've been a part of after a playoff trip, there has been some sort of crazy distraction, whether it's the Dez holdout, whether it's Zeke Elliott's off-field problems, whether it's, you know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't here, but I remember even as a college kid watching the circus that surrounded that 2008 team. Like it was, it was they were the most exhausting team in the NFL. And I wonder, you know, that's not necessarily the reason why they don't accomplish their goals, but I think it's, I think it's an element. I it's think a it's hard knocks year, but it ain't yeah. the same guys. No, 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 no. no it's but not. but it's the same team. And when you're talking about a team that's this popular, peep and and that's that's us. That's the local media. That's the national media. Everybody wants a part of a good Cowboys team, well, and I think it, I think it contributes to that. Twenty seventeen was so insane in terms of how much we talked about everything but football mm -hmm. you know what i mean but this feels different and I, this is february it's not august we're not it feels camp, different right now you're right because you're right because they're they got a tough schedule on paper coming up they've got a young a young team like the rams that everybody thinks is still the next big thing in the nfc the saints are still going to be good and there's questions about the future of this team with Jason Garrett, if he's not extended, his contract's not extended. I don't Which, think I don't think anybody's going to look at the Cowboys and say two thousand eight. They were a shoe in. Everybody thought to make the Super Bowl. Right. I don't think they're going to have those types no. of expectations from the outside. No, I don't think so this either. Year. But we'll I, see. I will. We what we did our under. We're doing our under review series right now, where we kind of look back at the season and try to spin it forward. And I think Fridays was like the biggest off season priority. I said, you know, obviously you want them to re-sign Demarcus Lawrence. I think it's important that they do it without a lot of fuss. Again, they got Dez re-signed, but after how many months of headaches? Yep. You know what I mean? And four, maybe four months. What? It? Yeah, well, no, all I mean, the way from, up to mid-July, from July, from March until, until July, and camp. you know. He showed up at the draft. He like came out and watched practice. He's tweeting about how he'll never play for the Cowboys again if he doesn't get his deal. Let's not do that with Tank. Like, and and that you know, I get it that there's going to be some negotiating, but like, let's not get to training camp without getting this guy under. I just you know, again, try to minimize the headaches because there's going to be scrutiny on this team because they're the Dallas Cowboys and they're coming off a ten win season. So. Try to reduce that a little bit, and I think it could pay dividends. Well, maybe it helps that they're only tied for the eighth best odds to win the Super Bowl. That's, is that right? I, there you go. There's, I mean, sixteen and one, sixteen to one. Yeah, you well, they're going to have to make a decision here in the next month on Demarcus Lawrence. You know, as far as March, uh, March fifth, I think franchise tag. I mean, I consider that a, a done. Like they will do that. But he'll he'll get the tag if they That's, haven't finished. Right, the, and right. I I don't expect to be a deal to be done by then. Yeah. I do expect them to have to use the tag as a placeholder. But hopefully, once they do that, this isn't a negotiation that stretches into the summer. I mean, and then the deadline in is July fifteenth or yes. so on sometime in mid July. Mid July. Whether we get into a Le'Veon Bell situation, Let, yeah, exactly, you don't, you don't, and that's you don't want that. You don't, you know, and and he's a team leader. He's a good player. He's kind of been the, you know, the spark plug of your defense, not just because of his play, but because of the attitude that he brings. And you want him there to influence your team at training camp. You want him here in the off season, setting an example. And you don't want people like me writing stories about why he hasn't signed yet. So just get it out of the way. You know, and you don't thing. want guys that aren't real bright, that are short-sighted, sitting there going, oh, this guy did all this. And, and they're, they're not still resigning not resigning him. him? Yeah. Why should I give, you know, instead of thinking about themselves, they're thinking, oh, they don't, they won't want me either. Storylines are going to crop up about this team. For like sure. that's what happens. But yeah. you can, you're in control of that one. The yeah. other thing too, God bless him, Des, I think you know, he had some injuries that following season in 2015. And I think he probably could have benefited from a full off season around the team and, mm -hmm. You know, he had to do what was best for him to try to get that deal done. He went but, into that season totally out. Well, he got hurt right away, right? Yeah. First game, I think he broke his foot. The he? catch yeah. in the back of the end zone. Yeah. So, all right. We so continue. there was reasons 2015 
you know, went backwards. Right. No, you're right. Rick. I mean, it's easy to look at it and say, okay, this happened, but you've got to look inside and see why. You're right. Of but, course. But, and that's why I kind of put the Pats in a different category because they they had Josh Gordon as kind of their top receiver, and he's gone midseason, and it's like they don't have a – Romo said it on the broadcast. They don't have a real threat on the outside in this game. Maybe Rams kind of shrink that middle of the field. They still found a way to get it done. Who were their you outside know? receivers? Their threat. Who, hey, who did they have on the field? Their threat on, on the outside their, is on their, their end. on their only touchdown yeah. drive of the game. They ran the same personnel three straight plays. And what was that personnel? Was it with a fullback? It on was the a field? twenty-two personnel. They had Throwback. on the field. They had James Devlin, Rex Burkhead, and they had them empty backfield. They had both of them split, flanked out wide, and they had Edelman in the slot. And they had two tight ends. They had Gronk and Dwayne Allen. They're gonna. They're gonna. Pretty set, fancy. Uh huh. They're gonna set up a blueprint for the whole league to try to copycat and then flip it on its head. And why did they do that? Because it it dictated what the personnel the Rams had on the field. And and they, how about that? The fullback on that. the touchdown made a block at the goal line. There o- you go. Old yeah, school football, just like 1993. Nick's not about these Star Wars offenses. <laughs> They'll fade. All right, we have to take a break, and then we'll have about 10 minutes left on Talk oh, no. Boys for this week. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... Thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract, just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, renews monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 and less canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. It's time for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. The OtterBox that builds those crazy protective phone cases? Yup. And now they're changing the side dish game with the OtterBox Trooper Soft Cooler. Lightweight, mobile, and leak-proof. Trooper is perfect for blitzing a crowded parking lot with a Frito pie. Amazing. Hey, you think I could fit my seven-layer salmon salad into the Trooper cooler? Yep, but please don't. And that's been Tailgating with the OtterBox Boys. Learn more about the Trooper soft coolers at OtterBox.com. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Essilor has been helping Cowboys fans see better since 1972 so they don't miss a moment on the field. Get glasses with Essilor's best vision, clarity, and protection with the Essilor Ultimate Lens Package. Three innovative technologies in one lens. For a limited time, you can double your lenses for free when you purchase the Essilor Ultimate Lens Package and get a second pair of frames. Find a participating eye care professional and details by visiting EssilorUSA.com. That's EssilorUSA.com. Terms and conditions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. We still have Jack Black? I believe. Yes. Yes. Oh, I have it. And they've got some specials going right now on GetJackBlack.com. Two days left. And if you order at least $35 of product, you get free shipping. So you ought to go on there right now. And check out all their faves and get that free shipping at getjackblack.com. So you got your script. I did. Yeah. Sounded like it, didn't it, Rob? We're, we're, yeah. best, we're best friends. Well prepared. They just send me stuff. There you go. All right. Uh, we've got uh, 10 minutes left of Talking Cowboys for this week. Uh, no one surprised by the 
news that became official on Friday that Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. Of course, John Kitna is the uh, quarterback's coach. It was funny on Thursday. I guess it was Thursday that came out. I don't remember what day. It was Thursday. Mm -hmm. And because we talked with Dak uh, on Thursday morning at the Super Bowl, um, he was part of a sleep number little promotion. And we did the virtual reality throwing a football, whatever. It was six of us, five reporters and Dak. Dak finished in fourth place. <laughs> oh, boy. I throwing finished, the football I, what? It was, you know, you put the, the oh, oh. mask on yeah, or whatever, yeah. and then you're seeing a football game. It, it's really hard. Don't tell Twitter that. And <laughs> don't tell, don't let them <laughs> well, know. As Dak said. They'll actually take it seriously. As, yeah, like they did with uh, David Carr. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, that wasn't virtual reality. Uh but uh, I finished last place, I'm proud to say. <laughs> <laughs> so Dak beat me. Uh, but we interviewed Dak there, and uh, you know, he was singing the praises of Kellen Moore. And uh, I mean, called him an offensive, uh, a young offensive coach, uh, quarterback coach genius. Yeah, genius phenom. Phenom was the word he used. That's right, phenom. And then the press release came out two hours later, and I saw him. Where I, I saw him on the red carpet Saturday, and I said, "Okay, so tell me, you knew that was about to be announced?" And he winked and said, "Yeah, I might have known a little something about that. That it was coming maybe later that they might have talked to him a little bit about yeah. it." Well, and it, I asked him at the time how much he had talked with Jason and Jerry and Stephen and everybody, and he said they talked a little bit about it. So there was input from the sure. quarterback, and as Dak said. He he was big time touting Kellen Moore to be the quarterbacks coach a year ago. He was he went to him and said, "This guy needs to be the quarterbacks coach." So well, here we go. Got his wish. Yep. Yeah. All right. So who's what has not been announced is who's calling the place, and, right? And I don't expect that to be announced until we get way on deep down the road. It's not Will announced, but it's it's yeah. heavily it'll, it'll, it's heavily implied that it'll be Kellen. I think uh, Jason Jason Garrett. Yeah, Super Bowl week is exhausting because like everybody's there and everybody winds up talking to the media in some form or fashion. Um, I think Garrett was on his way into NFL honors and somebody asked him and he said, you know, yeah, we, we kind of expect that Kellen will, will have a hand in that, but we'll see. Like, tip, you know, a typical coach answer. But Might have been on the red carpet walking in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, I think it's heavily implied that that'll be one of Kellen's responsibilities. My understanding is if things don't change, that they're going to rely on him to call the plays. Now, Jason will have input, right? He's got the headset on. He had input with Linehan. Yep. Um, and I think that might be one of the reasons – um, things might have went sour between the two because I'm not sure they were always in agreement on what should have been called. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I'll guarantee you, Jason has a hand in um, coming up with the game plan uh, and kind of scripting things out. Well, and uh, Jerry, in talking with him about Kellen on Saturday, uh, he said that he's you know he doesn't have uh, obviously he doesn't have the experience and everything, but we've told uh, I told him that it's his creativity and what he we 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 love that youthful creativity that he brings to the table. I think Jerry Jerry almost announced it the night before. He tried his best. And, he tried his yeah. best. And he hinted that, you know, Kellen may have, I think he said, quote, the ultimate responsibility. That may be the way it winds up. But he also talked about a collaborative effort, wanting input from these young coaches on staff, Mark Colombo. So don't forget, Doug Nussmeyer's called plays before at a high level. So, I mean, Kellen, if he is the play caller, he's going to have a lot of guys to lean on, including Jason Garrett, who, by the way, called the plays here for a lot of years before he handed over Scott. Mm -hmm. And Bill Callahan before that. Said he wanted to lay it in front of the train. That's right. Sounded like that reminded me of Brian, honestly, when he said that. Like that's laying in front of the train. Brian loves to use that dramatic like terminology. Of, <laughs> oh, stand on the table. We're fighting for our lives. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was a broad man. It was a very broadicism. Uh all right, and then the uh, the uh, shocking and uh, obviously sad and tragic news came down on Friday that uh, former Cowboys quarterback and quarterbacks coach Wade Wilson passed away on his 60th birthday on Friday in Coppell. Uh, Mickey, I know you were around Wade for a long time, and uh, you know myself. 
uh, although I did not know him well, he always had nice things to say. Um, and because I wasn't around him even m- much when he was with the team, he was here in 95, 97 and in yeah. 2002 as a quarterback's coach. Uh, and then came back when Garrett, uh, became the offensive coordinator in 07. And, um, he all, I didn't even know he knew who I was, you know, and, but he, he, he would always say, be friendly and say things about what I had seen on TV or something. And just a great guy. Well, yeah. Um, one of the nicest people I think I've met in the National Football mm-hmm. League. Um, he was a great sounding board because when you went and asked him something, he didn't he didn't seek the spotlight, he didn't seek attention. But if you asked him something, boy, he he delivered. He gave you some insight you couldn't do. And you know, part of what I wrote in my column last night was that after games, when he was the backup quarterback. You know, everybody's all over Troy Aikman in the locker room. And if you wanted to kind of get some insight to what happened, I'd slide over to his locker and talk to him about it. And I'd find out what Troy probably wouldn't say. Uh, and he was always spot on. And just I, just, I saw somebody nationally tweet out that, and, and they I don't know how well they knew Wade. They, they never covered the team, but said, he was the nicest guy they ever met. And I said, well, you just stole my sediments because mm-hmm. that's what I would say about him. 18-year NFL career, and that's amazing. Yep. Talking with Jason Garrett uh, on Saturday, you know, um, Wade had battled this diabetes, had first diagnosed with it in his 20s when he was an NFL player. And to play 18 years in the NFL – uh, and then obviously been an assistant coach uh, since then. Uh, he was Troy's backup on the last Cowboys Super Bowl team in 95. He also was Troy's quarterback's coach his last year in the league in 2000 and also continued in 0102 when Parcells came. Uh, he went on to Chicago, Wade Wilson did. He came back in 07. And so he was also Tony Romo's quarterback's coach from 07 through the end of Romo's career in 06. And he was Dak Prescott's quarterback coach coming in the league. And talking with Dak on Saturday, Dak was uh, was just overflowing with praise for Wade. And as Dak said, I would not be a Dallas Cowboy if not for Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson is the guy that, the way he understood it, uh, stood on the table for Dak. Yep. He was also the quarterback's coach in Chicago for Rex Grossman, who had his finest year the last year that uh, Wade was the quarterback coach when the Bears went to the Super Bowl. And then he faded away. Mm -hmm. Um, He was also the poor guy that had to teach Quincy Carter to take a snap under center, (laughs) uh, deal with four starting quarterbacks that year, including – Ryan Leaf, who I was shocked to see that he actually tweeted out and thanked Wade for what he did for him. That was a lost soul. Mm-hmm. And Wade, you know, gave him equal attention, um, tried his hardest. And I think whatever he said, he said a mentor, um, a coach, and a father for me from Ryan Leaf. And I didn't think he had any emotion in him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Just so well liked and respected by anybody that ever worked with him or encountered him. I mean, that's, that was everybody's yeah. opinion of him. And, um, that's, I didn't, I didn't know him well, Yeah, but to Mickey's point, like he, he was just like a straight shooter, you know, there's coach speak is a, is a thing for a reason. And he wasn't like that. Like he would, he would talk to you straight. All yeah. Like I remember half the time he did an interview, he would say something and everybody would kind of look around like, he just, Did he just say that? He just say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. You, you know, and you're like, oh, great, I have a story. Thanks, Wade. Yeah. Because <laughs> you didn't expect it from him. No, not at all. And it was almost like you felt like, gosh, he's kind of talking out of school here. But yeah. He would, he would lay yeah. it on the line. And he – oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and just for a guy that, you know, was born in Greenville and raised in Commerce and stayed and played Star at East Texas Star quarterback, East Texas State, State. now Texas A&M Commerce. Yeah. yeah. I think all 14 years he worked here, I think he wore the same shirt every day. Yeah. Like, that's another thing that will always stand out to me is, like, his Dallas Cowboys, like, navy blue T-shirt, but – it had clearly been washed so many times that like it didn't have any color left. Like it was, it wasn't really navy anymore. It wasn't gray. I don't know what color it was. It just looked like it had been washed about nine million times. Very routine oriented. Yeah, he uh, put it in it, his loop at the end of the day. Yep, and exactly. Clean and you know, one in the morning. And he was 
everyone regarded him as a really great offensive mind, but you know, from what I understood about it, he just liked working with the quarterbacks. He liked being in that role. You know, I think he probably could have been could have been an OC or a head coach somewhere. But when you think about what he did, Bill mentioned it, working with Dak, helping that transition that rookie year, and really he was Romo's guy. The the meat of his entire career as a Dallas Cowboys a starter. You know, that's a pretty big job to handle. Mick, do you know why they called him Sticks? I think because he was always very tall and skinny. Mm-hmm. And so they got he got the nickname Sticks. I noticed, you know, Jason Witten tweeted out. And yeah, yeah. That's, that was kind of his moniker. So I, it made me look at what, you know, what it had on his bio. And it was like 6'3". He seems taller than 6'3 to me. And he was 210. So, yeah. you know, but he was kind of the same size the uh, uh, the entire time, you know, and he just played Minnesota, uh, Atlanta, the Saints, um, the Cowboys, Oakland. I think I remembered all of them. He, I mean, he's been around and you know been with so many different teams. You just think made about the, made the, the Pro Bowl in '88 uh, with the Vikings, the Vikings. Got him into the into the playoffs and actually had a good year. I, I think he spent two years with the Saints, maybe, and he had one good year there. He took over. Uh, believe it or not, for Bobby Yeager. Oh. So, um, but yeah, he, almost, he's been around this league for 36 years, almost 40 that. years, and I think if you add it up, probably half of it with this organization. Yeah, in Close a different role. Yeah, that's a tough loss. Oh, tough yeah. to hear. R.I.P. And that will do it. I'm looking to see. Uh, by the way, services uh, for Wade Wilson at Park Cities. Baptist Church Saturday on Saturday at 4 o'clock and uh, that does it for Talking Cowboys for this week and we will talk at you again next week